Okay, good morning, uh, everyone. Our Kaleo family here and in Merced. Uh, it is always a joy uh, and a blessing to, uh, to worship together. Um, and as I have shared last, uh, last Sunday, uh, it is my prayer and hope uh, that even though we do these things uh, in a very limited ways and uh, in a non-physical gathering, uh, you know, it's, it's my prayer that God will uh, still do what he does because he is still God uh, and that we would all uh, be blessed. But not only that, that we would have the right heart desires and, and motivations uh, to, um, to be faithful right, in our living uh, and uh, to really get, give glory to God. And we're going to look into what that, what that really means and uh, what, what that is uh, in our life today. Uh, and so in, in continuing <clears throat> this first uh, kind of series on uh, the topic of foundation and pillars of Christian living, uh, we will look at the purpose of Christian living, which is the glory of God. Um, and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 is our primary uh, text, but we will look at some other uh, scriptures as well. So the reading of God's word this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Uh, we are so grateful and blessed because we could gather in the name of Jesus Christ to praise you, to pray to you, uh, to receive your word, uh, and to fellowship, and do all these things uh, that are good, but also necessary in our life. And as we do so, uh, we desire that we worship you in spirit and in truth. So we ask that the Holy Spirit help us to do exactly that, and guard our hearts and minds, Lord God, uh, as we prepare uh, to receive your word uh, for the nourishment of our souls this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first part of the series was the foundation, um, which was uh, Jesus Christ, right? He is the foundation. There is no other. Uh, he is a true foundation. Uh, and this is also true for all, all people, Christians and non-Christians, and for non-Christians, unfortunately, without the foundation of Jesus Christ, they uh, live their life, they build their, uh, their house, uh, so to speak, uh, on the false foundation. Uh, but for Christians, our foundation is Jesus Christ. And as we live day by day, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are uh, uh, really building the house uh, of our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And it is important that we understand it this way. Uh, and to uh, do so uh, in a biblical way as we continue to learn and understand what the Bible teaches uh, about how we are to live our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Uh, today, we will uh, consider the purpose of our lives. Yeah, the purpose, the, uh, what is the purpose of Christian living? Okay, very simply, it is the glory of God. 
And we will consider three main questions uh, in, in today's message. What is glory? Why are we to live to the glory of God? And how do we live to the glory of God? Now, I don't know about you, but I spent many years as a young Christian uh, singing songs about the glory of God, uh, talking about the glory of God, uh, uh, and just you know, for many years, uh, thinking that, uh, that, I, they, that I knew, that I understood uh, what it meant to glorify God. But when I was, uh, I forget exactly when it was, really confronted with the idea of, of giving glory to God or glorifying God or something like that, uh, I, didn't, I couldn't really put my finger on it. I couldn't explicitly uh, define or explain exactly what that was, only in general terms. So, uh, I don't know where uh, all of you are in regards to this question of the glory of God, uh, but I hope uh, through today's message that you would learn, uh, that you would have a, a clearer biblical understanding of what it is uh, and how, uh, why we are to live for the glory of God and, and how we are to do that in our day-to-day our -day living. So, this is not an exhaustive study, uh, but I'm, I'm going to cover all the basic uh, things. So let's start with the question of what is glory. And there are two words uh, that is used uh, in regards to what glory in Hebrew, kabod, and in Greek, doxa. Uh, and this is where we get the term doxology, right? Doxology. So uh, these are just, I just, I just kind of put it up there so you could see the words in Hebrew and Greek. Uh, and it's a word, actually, it's a common word that we see both in, in uh, Hebrew, in Greek, in Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, and it is used quite a bit. Uh, and many times it is used in general terms. And uh, it, it expresses the idea of abundance, uh, wealth, treasure, honor, brightness, uh, it's depending on how it's exactly used in context, it could take on, you know, slightly different uh, ideas. As it relates to God, however, it's more specific. It's talking about the moral attributes and the infinite perfections of God, okay, to, to really sum up. So it's a description uh, of who God is in his attributes, in his character, uh, in his infinite perfections uh, of who he is in his being. So uh, this is the word that is used uh, it, that is relating uh, to God. Now, in terms of the general use, okay, I want to just go over briefly what we find in the Bible. First, it is used in regards to natural objects. So in Acts 22, and I put some references there so you could perhaps take a look at it, but uh, the brightness of heavenly bodies, okay? the word glory is used. Fruitfulness of a forest, ornateness of expensive clothing. Okay? So uh, different you know, objects uh, are described with the word glory uh, as in, ter in terms of brightness or fruitfulness or ornateness. Uh, awesomeness of uh, a horse's snorting is another interesting uh, thing that we see in, in, in Job chapter 39. 
so those are all in reference to natural objects. But also we, we find uh, that this word is used uh, relating to human beings. The glory of human beings uh, is spoken of in reference to a number of external manifestations and conditions, aspects of internal character uh, and the inherent condition of human nature. And it may also refer uh, to position, possessions, strength, or length of life. So in all various different ways that human beings are, are described, uh, this word glory is used. Let me give you a few examples. Uh, in Genesis chapter 45 and verse 13, talks about uh, the glory of, of Joseph's position. Uh, in Psalm 21 and verse 5, uh, David's royal position uh, in the kingdom of Judah. In Numbers 27 and verse 20, Joshua's position of authority over the people of God, that word is used. Jacob's glory is his servants and his animals. Uh, in Proverbs 20, 29, the glory of young men is their strength. Human character, such as willingness to overlook the faults of others, as we see in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 11. And of course, the inherent glory resulting from being created in God's image. Right? We understand that uh, as we read in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 uh, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in reference to that. Uh, so this uh, word is an you know, important word that it describes many different aspects of human beings. However, yeah, we want to give focus our attention to this, the glory of God. The most significant use of this word glory when uh, it is applied uh, to God. Okay, and that is our, our focus of attention this morning. And we want to understand that in two ways. First, uh, in terms of the external manifestation of his being. Okay? Glory to God is seen in the Bible as an external way that God shows who he is. God's glory is something that appears, uh, is revealed, or, or can be seen. So just a couple of examples. In Exodus chapter uh, 6, 16 and verse 10, it says, And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Okay, Numbers 14 and verse 22. None of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and not have not obeyed my voice. Okay, so uh, there are many uh, examples that we see in the Old Testament about how God shows himself. I, most of you will probably will be familiar with the pillar of cloud and, and, and the pillar of fire in, in terms of God showing his presence among his people. So that's the first point, the external manifestation of his being. Second point is the glory of God as uh, the inherent or internal essence of 
who he is, his being. This is the fundamental sense in which God has glory. He has glory. He is glorious, right? Before uh, his uh, uh, showing external, right? his external manifestation of his glory. In John chapter 17 and verse 5, Jesus Christ refers to the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. So even before God created anything in the, in the universe, Jesus Christ talks about the glory that he had with the Father. So he's, he's pointing to the idea uh, of uh, not just the showing of something about who God is, but this is just inherent, right, essence uh, of who God is. Uh, so what does the Bible tell us uh, is God's ultimate aim that exists in creation? Uh, in other words, what is the preeminent passion of God? What is God's greatest pleasure? In what does God take supreme delight? These are very important question, uh, questions for us to consider as we think about the glory of God this morning. And let me sum it up this way. The God's glory is the ultimate end of all things. Uh, talk about absolutes. God's glory is the ultimate end of all things. In Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Okay. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions of rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Okay. One, the third one is Hebrews chapter 2 and the first part of Verse 10, it says, for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist. And there are other uh, scriptures uh, that speak the same truth in regards to uh, why, the reasons why God did what he did. He created you know, everything that we know of in the universe. It is because of his glory. Okay, that just... That just put everything that we know of uh, in uh, the realm of this universe, right, in, in, in under this category of God's glory. Everything is for God's glory. Okay, so this is a very, very important point. So keep this in mind uh, as we'll, uh, we will conclude with the idea, I mean, the, the, the question of how do we glorify God? So... Based on that, let me give you uh, just a few examples. Okay, first, the moral character and achievements of people are designed ultimately for God's glory. Okay, so everything about uh, you know human beings, okay, you know how what you know what we are, how we are, and things that we do in our life uh, are designed uh, for. God's glory. Now, let me give you, let me read a couple of uh, scriptures in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Matthew 5 and verse 16. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay. One more in John chapter 15. John chapter 15 and verse 8. John 15, 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned already, there are many places both in the Old and New Testament that speak uh, of this truth. Uh, but the first example is uh, it, all these things that relates to, to people, and in particular, uh, the people of God, Christians, uh, how we display our character and what we do are designed for God's glory, ultimately. So it's not, it's not about uh, ultimately about how I feel satisfied and, and fulfilled and so forth. Uh, those are uh, just kind of residual effects of uh, things that we might do as Christians. Uh, but the ultimate uh, purpose is for God's glory. Second, Jesus himself, okay, Jesus himself seeks God the Father's glory as his highest end. And in John chapter 12, verses 27 and 28, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour but for this purpose i have come to this hour and verse 28 says father glorify your name then a voice came from heaven i have glorified it and i will glorify it again so Jesus himself, right? He, he says this very clearly here in this, in this passage uh, in regards to the very reason why he came in flesh. And this is what, what he's dealing with here. And ultimately, and we're going to go back to this point a little bit later on uh, in terms of you know, how we might think about uh, why did Jesus come, right? Because he loved us. Uh, in order that he might be, you know, he might be the sacrifice uh, in our behalf as sinners because we cannot pay for our own sins. Uh, I mean, this is the, the 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 message, the core message of the cross or the gospel, okay, and which is the the very reason. Uh, and there's no nothing else, right? This is this was the mission of Jesus Christ. But uh, what was the ultimate purpose? Okay. Uh, I think too often we, we emphasize and focus on the salvation of man. Okay, that is important. But uh, what is above that is as uh, Jesus does, he, he did what he did 2,000 years ago. And as he continues to work through the Holy Spirit and, and many more souls are saved, uh, those are important things. And God builds his kingdom. But ultimately, all those things bring glory to God, and that's the ultimate. Number three, God's glory is the purpose and end uh, of his redemptive work in Christ. And I was alluding to that already. But in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 11 through 14, this is what Paul says 
uh, to the church in Ephesus, uh, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And verse 14 says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So in this, uh, in these few verses, right at the beginning of, of, of Paul's letters, Paul's letter to Ephesians, uh, he talks about God's uh, work of redemption. Okay? He's, how he predestined us for adoption to himself through Christ. And all that he's, he's teaching about what God, uh, even before the creation of the world, right, came up with this, his sovereign plan and a purpose, right? There is a purpose that we could speak of in terms of the redemption of man, but the, the greater purpose above that uh, is, as he said uh, three times right, in, in this passage, uh, verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace. In verse 12, to the praise of his glory, right? And in verse 14, to the praise of his glory. God's glory is the purpose and end of salvation of man. And ultimately, through that, uh, the restoration of all things and the new heavens and the earth and all these things that are still yet to come, it is all to the praise uh, of his glory. And the fourth one is God, that God's glory is the end for which nature was created. Okay, all of creation, uh, everything that we see. Uh, and as some of you, uh, you know, shared and, and talked about last night's uh, just th thunder and lightning, uh, it's very uncommon around here. Something I, I grew up with uh, when I was living in eastern part of Canada. Uh, so it's, it's something that uh, it was disruptive to, to our sleep, I'm sure. Uh, it's true of most of you. And it woke me up. Uh, but at the same time, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because it's a treat. Yeah, we, don't, we don't get to experience that uh, here in California. Uh, not often anyway. Okay? And so that's, that was all, you know, things like that. I mean, those are also part of God's a creation of nature. And the psalmist says in Psalm 104, verse 31, he says, let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the Lord be glad in his works. All right? Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the, let the Lord be glad in his works. And we see in Genesis 1, in his creation of all things, and each after each creation day, at the end of that creation day, Jesus, uh, uh, God says what? He saw what he had created. And then he said it was good, right? So everything that he had created was good, uh, and it was for his own glory. Uh, Psalmist says in Psalm 148 uh, and 13, 
let them, in reference to all creation, let all creation praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. And how true this is. How true this is. In every aspect, even of uh, our uh, perception and understanding of nature and what we discover in nature, how wonderfully, wisely, and creatively God made all these things. It's just a one, just amazing, amazing things. And we don't think about these things too often, uh, even, uh, you know, just observing nature, right? So whether we're looking at uh, the macro universe, right, in terms of, uh, you know, so the solar system, the galaxies, our home galaxy, which is the Milky Way, right, the cluster of galaxies, uh, and consider how far uh distant our neighboring galaxies are, uh, and how many such clusters, which is called the super clusters. So, you know, you look at from the, that standpoint of this amazing, amazing, uh, uh, the vastness, right, of God's created universe, it just blows the mind, okay, and how small we are, not in terms of, uh, you know, Obviously, there's nothing that God had created in his own likeness and image. Uh, human beings are the only creation or creatures of God that God uh, built into right, his own likeness and image. Uh, but from the standpoint of just physically looking at the created universe, uh, it just, there are really no words to, you know, uh, accurately really describe the vastness of the universe. And then you, you zoom in, okay? So this kind of, I was thinking about, maybe some of you saw it. I think it's on YouTube, you could find it. And they, they uh, I, I think, used the, the Google, you know, uh, the map kind of a thing, where, you know, they, uh, zo they show somebody kind of lying down uh, on a beach chair or something like that. And, and then they start zooming out really fast, right? And so you soon you see the neighbor, neighborhood and the city and the country and the continent the earth continue to zoom out and it shows this vastness of you know the galaxies and so forth and then all of a sudden it stops and then it zooms in right? and then it zooms in more and more and finally shows the person again and zooms in more to the person's face and to the eye and goes into the eye iris uh, and looks into all the uh, microscopic things right this is the micro uh, aspect of God's creation. And uh, there, there is just, again, in a sense, vastness in this micro universe of how God created these things that we don't perceive with our natural eyes, because they're so incredibly small. Uh, you know, uh, this, you know, DNA and, 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 and uh, you know, all these things are, are so, so small, and God created all these things and all these things that God had created is for the glory of God, the exaltation and the praise of God's name is the end and goal of all of God's creation. Let us consider the second question, why? Okay, why are we to live to the glory of God? 
Okay, basically two, uh, two answers to that question. Number one, God commands it. As he had commanded a lot of things uh, in, his, in his word, God commands that we live to the glory of God. And this is our, our scripture this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay. So Paul speaks uh, and he says this in the context of uh, addressing the issue of food that was uh, you know, given to, to idols uh, and worship of idols. Uh, and he says how if, you know, as Christians, okay, we have freedom. Okay, this is this all this kind of things ought not to bind us, but we have freedom right, to eat these kinds of things, eat meat and, and so forth. Uh, but the issue that he he was was uh, uh, teaching on was uh, a, if it happens that uh, a brother who is weaker in faith, it, it, it by you eating that food that was given to uh, idols uh, and that causes this brother to stumble in his faith, he says, then don't do it. Okay. And it, it is in that context, he says, so whether you eat or drink, right? Because he's talking about food that was given to idols, whatever you do. Okay. And he sums it up this way, do all to the glory of God. So it is a, it is a command of God. Secondly, when was the last time you pondered, you thought about, okay? You know, like, uh, you know, back in the days, I, I don't know, this kind of this, you know, conversations, I, I don't think happens too, too often these days, but uh, I, I think, uh, you know, generation ago or two, you know, there was more consideration about, you know, the meaning of life and so forth, right? Did, do you ever think about that? Just pause, right? I know that you're all busy, um, but, you know, one of the benefits uh, of our situation today or in you know, the past few months is that we, we have a little more time uh, than we did before. Okay, now, you know, as, as we you know, struggle with that, okay, struggle, a lot of times it is a struggle, but right, uh, have, have you, you know, taken some time to think about some important things? Right? Have, you, have you thought about uh, who you are, your identity, you're, you're the reason why, why you were born, the uh, reason why you exist. You know, how are you to live? I mean, uh, that was part of my uh, initially and even now, um, you know, I'm wrestling with these kind of questions. Um, but the question about why God created people, okay? why specifically if we were to personalize it, why did God create you? Why did he cause you to exist, to be born? Very simply, the scripture tells us that we were created to glorify God, right? To glorify him. This is our highest purpose in life. Now, we could talk about different kinds of purposes in our life, but this is the highest purpose over and above every other uh, purposes in our life. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 43 and verse 21, the people whom I formed for myself 
that they might declare my praise. Okay, that's a description of giving glory to God. Okay. The people who, whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Now, for those of you who may not know, uh, this is uh, an important verse uh, for us as a church. Now, I'll explain that a little bit. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here in this verse gives us many wonderful and important truths about what God did and our identity in him. So he starts out by saying, you are a chosen race. You are a race of people okay, uh, that was chosen by God. Okay, the, he, you know, uh, Paul, the apostle Paul explicitly teaches this uh, in the beginning of his letter to Ephesians. Uh, and he talks about before the foundation of the world, he says, God chose us, right, in Christ, right? So this is a choosing of God. And this happened long before God created uh, the physical universe. He says, and Peter says, you are a chosen race. And then he says, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are set apart from the world and for God, for his great uh, and sovereign purposes, right? This is what it means to be a holy nation, a people for his own possession, right? So he, God uh, is, you know, taking us as his people, okay, among other people uh, in the world. And then he goes into uh, the purpose uh, of God's choosing and making us his people, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God did what he did. Okay, through his redemptive work in Christ to make us his people, his children, a holy people that we may proclaim the excellencies of him, that we would uh, speak of and show who God is, right? The one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And of course, that's talking about uh, giving us eternal life, right? He took us out of death and then he made us alive in Jesus Christ. That is description. And the word, as we read it here, who called you, right? This idea of calling uh, is the word where we get our church name, Kaleo. Westminster Confession of Faith says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Okay, that sums up, okay? That sums up who we are, right? The, the chief end, meaning this is, the, this is the ultimate purpose of our life, to glorify God. And as we glorify God, there is enjoyment, there is satisfaction, there is blessing. 
in our relationship with Jesus Christ uh, as we will live with him forever and ever. And let us consider the third and the last question this morning. How do we live? Okay, therefore, uh, we live to the glory of God, but what does it look like? How do we do that? Okay. First is, uh, as we have uh, just read First uh, Peter 2.9, proclaim, right? Proclaim who God is. That to sum up everything, proclaim who God is and what he has done. And there's a lot of details to, uh, to understand. But uh, basically, you know, how we go about doing that is by obeying God. Okay, obeying God. And I'm going to uh, go into this a lot more in detail in, in the next uh, message. Uh, but obey God. Right? Through his word, we seek and we learn what God's will is and we live according to his will. We do it. Okay, We obey God. That's how we proclaim who God is and what he has done. Secondly, we praise God. We praise him. Now, I'm not just talking about singing song, okay? That's one of many ways that we praise God. But we praise God, okay? What does that mean? To speak, to speak well of him, okay? So it's something that is always on our lips, whether it's by songs or in our conversations, uh, whatever it is that we speak well of him we speak accurately of him okay so we speak something about who god is in his nature in his character in what he has done this must become a regular part of our lives with one another uh with another uh, you know our brothers and sisters in christ with other brothers and sisters uh, you know in members of of uh, other local churches but also uh, as we have relationships uh, with non-believers around us, speaking well of God. Uh, secondly, is to show his mercy and his grace in how we live. Okay, so first, uh, we praise God uh, by speaking something about God that is accurate and good. Secondly, we display who God is and what he has done. And the essence of what God has done for all of us as Christians is that he has shown his mercy and grace. And that's the heart really of the gospel that saved us. Uh, so we show that in our thought life, in our word life, in our uh, act, action, right? In how we live uh, outwardly that people can see in every aspect of who we are and how we live, we are to show this wonderful thing that God has done and, and who he is. And third way that we proclaim God is to share God. Okay, so similar to the speaking well of him, but share God specifically in terms of uh, our testimony of salvation. Right, so all of us, if we're believers, uh, whether or not you wrote these things down, uh, and I think many of you have, and this is one of the things that you did, I think, uh, at some point last year uh, to share your, your personal testimonies uh, with one another. 
but we share God by sharing the testimony of what God is, what God did uh, to save us. And we need to kind of grow in expanding that and, and understanding the, the, the detailed and the depths of what that really entails. But it, 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 we could summarize it by, by thinking in terms of uh, what my salvation means in terms of justification, what, what my salvation means in terms of sanctification, which is my, throughout my whole life until the day that I die, what God is doing every single moment of every single day right, to shape and mold me, right, that's the work of God from beginning to end, that sanctification is during my life, right, from beginning to end, uh, what God is doing, and also glorification is what is yet to come, the final kind of destination of our salvation, and these are the aspects of my, our personal testimony that we need to learn how to share uh, with one another and with others, and of course, uh, specifically in regards to non-Christian friends and family members and others around us, uh, we must learn how to share God in terms of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace. Okay? And in order for us to do that, of course, uh, we need to learn uh, the elements uh, of what the gospel, the true biblical gospel is, uh, and we need to learn how to share that. Okay? So that's number one. Okay? That's how how we live to the glory of God. And first thing was to proclaim who God is and what he has done. Secondly, uh, with our whole life, okay? With our whole life. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he says in chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, he says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Verse 20, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Okay, so he really sums it up well uh, in terms of glorifying God with our body and the reasons, right? Uh, and how we go about doing that. So verse 19, once again, says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And then he, he concludes after that, he says, you are not your own. Yeah, you are not your own. Why? For you were bought with a price. What price? The precious blood of Jesus Christ, right? So we were purchased. This is the idea of redemption. We were purchased. We were redeemed uh, by the precious blood of the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And therefore we are no longer okay, as Christians, right? We are no longer the owners right, of our lives. Well, you know, I, we could say that the same thing of anybody, uh, but, uh, you know, sinners live in this realm of darkness, right? Delusions and, and sinful ways of, of, of really kind of uh, suppressing the truth about God and all that sort of thing. And uh, I, I think this is where uh, most people, you know, live with the notion every single day that, hey, I am my own person. I am the captain of my ship. Everything about me and my life is mine. I work. I mean, this is, uh, this is very, very common. Okay, unfortunately, uh, I think a lot of Christians kind of struggle with that as well. Okay. But we need to come to the conclusion that my life is not my own. Ultimately, me 
Everything about me, everything that is attached to me, they all belong to God, right? And specifically as Christians, Paul is saying, you are not your own because you were bought with a price. And then he says, he concludes that uh, verse by saying, so glorify God in your body. So he's saying, therefore, right? You ought to take your body, your life, your whole life, that which belongs not to yourself, but to God, live for the glory of God. Okay, that's, that's what Paul is saying uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Okay? And this is, this is how we are to approach our life uh, and to live to the glory of God is to really understand and embrace this truth. That I don't belong. My life does not belong to me. It was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, with this body, with this life, everything that I have, I live to the glory of God. I live for his sake, not mine. Okay. And the really the time, I mean, this is not, not going to happen overnight. But the times that we really kind of grasp, not just in the terms of understanding, but the conviction comes by faith in Jesus Christ, it really changes the course of our lives. It must. I mean, it's never going to be perfected before uh, the return of Jesus Christ. But the idea is to really grow in, this, uh, in these great truths of God's word in terms of what he has done and and. and why that matters for us in the way that we live day by day. One of the great struggles in our life as Christians, uh, particularly, you know, this, this is the big, biggest, I think one of the biggest problem areas uh, from the uh, view of God is that every single day, every single day, we are not living uh, as, right? people of God, as Christians, as disciples of Jesus in various different ways that we have learned and understood, uh, understood about who we are, child of God, son and daughter of God. And yet we live as if everything about my life and what I have belong to me and not to God. Okay, this is a critical, critical point. Okay, we live to glorify God with our whole life. And the third thing is similar, but a little bit different. Uh, we live to glorify God, to the glory of God in every aspect of our life. Okay, so if we really kind of get this, uh, you know, idea of living uh, to the glory of God with our whole life, of course, you know, this is kind of a natural outcome, but we do so also in, uh, in, in terms of, really uh, glorifying God in, in every aspect of our life. And so with that, for that, we, we go back to our, our uh, scripture for, for primary scripture, 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Uh, and once again, Paul says, uh, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. What is he saying? Okay, why does he say, you know, eat or drink? Of course, uh, he's, he's saying this in the context of, you know, eating of food that was given to idols. Uh, but he's making this also, he's making this point that whether you eat those kind of foods or you drink, right? And then, and then he doesn't list a lot of things. He just kind of sums it up by saying, or whatever you do. Okay. So I want to kind of talk about that categorically. 
So on one hand, we're talking about eating or drinking. We're talking about something uh, that is kind of a, you know, we could understand these things as kind of mundane things, normal things, daily routine things, right? That we do every single day, right? And then another category of things that we experience in our life are things that are not so mundane, right? They don't, we don't do them every single day. We don't experience it every day. And they are much more significant in terms of how that impacts us or how it may impact and influence others. So these are things that uh, are, are more significant in terms of our experience, life experience, right? So whatever, whether it's small things, and let me just simply uh, kind of sum it up this way. So whether we are doing daily routine, small things, or whether we're doing uh, something that has much more uh, significance in terms of our life, bigger things, whatever you do, Paul is saying to all, to the glory of God. So every aspect of it, okay, every aspect of it. And in closing, let me give you uh, this quote by John Calvin in regards to the glory of God. Okay? And this is what John Calvin says. Lest they should think that in so small a matter, they should not be so careful to avoid blame. He teaches that there is no part of our life and no action so minute that it ought not to be directed to the glory of God. And that we must take care that even in eating and drinking, we may aim at the advancement of it, it meaning the glory of God. The consequence will thus be that our food will be in a manner sacred to God, inasmuch as it will be set apart for his service. And that's a wonderful thought to have, I think, as Christians. Wonderful truth to really embrace and to live by. That even in the little things, right, as he uh, calls that these actions that are so minute, that it ought not to be direct to, that it, it ought to be directed to the glory of God, okay? In eating and drinking, in matters, uh, you know, such as eating and drinking, that we may aim at the advancement, right, of the glory of God. And then he says the consequence, right, as we, if we live this way, that in these small things, small activities of our lives, these things will be, Right, things that are sacred to God, right? precious to God, right? in as much as it will be set apart for his service. So really in terms of the glory of God and how we, uh, uh, how we speak of it, how we, how we live it, it's not just, I think, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we think in, you know, mostly in terms of doing something, you know, grand, something big, right? something that is really impactful, uh, you know, for people and so forth. That's, the, I think a lot of times that's the idea uh, that, that we have in our mind in, in the service of God. Uh, but in, in, in the Bible, in the word of God, we are taught, okay, in the small things that we ought to be faithful. That with small things that we ought to be consistently faithful to God and have the desire in pursuit of uh, really seeking and understanding uh, 
uh, to, to do and live by the will of the Lord. Right? And even in the matters uh, such as eating and drinking, right, that we ought to do it in such a way that it displays something about who God is and what he has done. And so, brothers and sisters, hey, let me just encourage you, but also uh, give you, uh, as Paul always does in his, in his uh, writings, in his letters, uh, as part of my exhortation to all of you, okay, not only to understand what it means, right, what the glory of God means, but I want to encourage you to live in with your whole life within every aspect of your life to proclaim God to proclaim who he is as he reveals himself in his word and what he has done that God would be pleased that he would be truly glorified and may this be uh, not only a thought, but something that you hold closely uh, in your mind and in your heart uh, throughout the course of today and this coming week. Uh, and in fact, this is something that we need to carry with us uh, in our hearts and minds uh, every single day of our lives, uh, that truly uh, in every way that we would live to the glory of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you uh, for blessing us, uh, for teaching us, and challenging us with your message for all of us this morning. Lord, you are God. And in your mercy and grace, you saved us through Jesus Christ and all that for your own glory. You created the universe for your own glory. And you give us commands and uh, you instruct us to live as your people, uh, in how you, you, you command and, and explain and describe uh, throughout your, your word, ultimately for your own glory. Help us to, to embrace that and also know as we strive to live for your glory, and many times it may be a struggle, but also to know that when we live to your glory and do all things to your glory, that is the greatest good and blessing for us. Father, thank you once again. Work in us, Holy Spirit, and capture our hearts and minds with these great truths of your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.